0: It is NBA trade deadline day across the NBA. Craziness has been ensuing, and we have had you covered right here on the Locked On Podcast Network following the very latest. And I'm excited right now to talk to Locked On Raptors host Sean Woodley. Thanks for being with us. This was a really interesting case of a team that maybe a lot of people thought was going to be sellers ended up being sort of buyers, I guess. So the Raptors acquired San Antonio Spurs center, Jakob Purtle for Ken Birch, a protected first round draft pick and two future second round picks. What are your initial reactions to that move?
1: Yeah. I, I mean the Purtle deal on its own. I don't dislike because the Raptors all season long, the book on them has been, they need center play. They haven't had a center, a real center on the team really, since Marc Gasol and Serge Ibaka left after the 2019-20 season, they've been piecing it together. They've been trying this vision six foot nine. Everyone can play center, you know, that type of thing. And it's just not worked. Apparently, you need actual centers with actual center related skills to make basketball work, as much as the future wants to come for the Raptors. Like the way the game's been played for 100 years still kind of holds true. And Jakob Pertle does address that. He brings rim protection, which is so badly needed for this team. This is a team that plays a very aggressive style of defense. Defense. They have a lot of breakdowns because of it. And without a backline rim protector to clean up the messes, they just get punished at the rim seemingly every single night. So that helps there. It probably makes it a little little easier for the guys on the perimeter to, you know, get into their stance a little more aggressively. You know, there's less fear of blowbys and broken rotations and things like that because Yak is there admittedly, his rim protection hasn't been as great with the Spurs this season as it has been in the past, but the Spurs are also one of the worst teams in the league, and there's probably not a whole lot in the way of perimeter defense shielding Jakob So the hope is he can kind of regain his form around the rim for this team. And the other issue this team has had all year is that there just haven't been enough good players. The best players on the team have performed pretty well, driven positive play. It's not been terrible, but... They have had no bench production most nights and are rolling seven or eight guys at the most on any given night. You add Jakob Pertle while taking out Ken Birch, who, as much as everyone loves his Canadian passport, he was always a good soldier for the team. He just wasn't it. Injuries had kind of caught up to him. You, you, He wasn't playing. And so you actually add a guy who is going to play for you, probably play 28 minutes a night for you in place of a guy who was never playing for you. And that helps you be a little bit deeper. And I think the idea here is... Yes, it's been a disappointing season so far, but this is a team that just a year ago won 48 games and was the team no one wanted to play in the first round. The thinking is here, I think you give them 26 games with Jakob Pertl to see what this team looks like with the real center. And then you hope that that can be something you can assess in the offseason and figure out, Okay, what's the next move here now? Um, You know, they didn't it sounds like get the offers they wanted for their guys, they wanted to sell. And so they, they're going to stand pat with patience. And that is a thing the Raptors have been known to do in the past.
0: Now you mentioned the off season and kind of maybe reassessing and see where to go from there. And I think one reason why the Pertle move is maybe a little bit curious from the outside is just that his deal is up and he potentially would look like a rental, but do you expect the Raptors to try to extend him or retain him on this roster?
1: I would be stunned if Jakob Pertl is not on the Raptors for the next four seasons beyond this one, or at least signed to, to that at, you know, in the summer. Um, you know, he's very dear friends with Pascal Siakam, the team's best player. <laughs> that helps. He obviously was drafted by the Raptors as well. There's a very clear relationship there. So I think, you know, they shouldn't have any issues wooing him or anything like that. And they've had success with this kind of thing in the past before, trading for a guy as an expiring deal, and then using their bird rights to keep them around that it was Serge Ibaka, for example, back in the 2016-17 season, and kept Serge Ibaka around for many years beyond that to go on and win a championship with him. You know, I think they like to use bird rights as a weapon. They like to say, hey, we We have a better chance of keeping our own guys. We know that once they're in our program, once they play in Toronto, they want to stick around here. Jakob Pertl, I think they even have more of an inside track than they typically would. What's interesting is that it adds another pending UFA to the mix when you also have Fred Van Vliet and Gary Trent Jr. And that is where things could go hairy here for the Raptors. If they can't keep all three or at least figure out a way... In the offseason to turn one of Van Vliet or Trent into some sort of asset in a sign-in trade, then you're looking at an issue the Raptors have suffered too much of lately, which is talent drain via free agency with nothing coming back in return. We saw this with Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green after the championship season. Not much you can do about that, and I think Raptors fans would happily live with that because they have that ring on their finger. But then you lose Gasol and Ibaka, and there's just been this slow bleeding of talent after the Raptors won the title. And to lose a guy like a Gary Trent Jr. or Fred Van VanVleet for nothing would be pretty damaging. So that's the downside of what we saw here at the deadline. It's also possible they make OG Ananobi the guy they move at the, at, the, at the draft or something along those lines. There's plenty of different ways they could go here. There's ways it could blow up in their face. But also, the Raptors have more good players on hand now than they did 24 hours ago. And I think that is something to be at least encouraged by if you're someone who's excited about, you know, being the seventh seed or whatever. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and you mentioned you know, the idea with Van Vliet that you want to get something in return if the guy's going to leave anyway. Um, there was a lot of interest in him, specifically his name I feel like came up in a lot of trade rumors, especially also OG Ananobi. Mm-hmm. What's the strategy or what do you think the strategy might have been from the Raptors? What is the mindset between not breaking up this core when everyone was expecting them to potentially sell?
1: I think if you look at the track record of Masai Ujiri, say what you will about some maybe not so great free agency signings on the margins and you know the the lack of you know, second round and, you know, first round, late first round draft pick success they've had in the last couple of years. But Masai Ujiri doesn't lose trades. He's a dude who's going to make the trade when he feels like he's winning it. And he's not going to make a trade for the sake of making a trade. And if you look at some of the reports from around the league suggesting, you know, out of L.A., for example, that the Clippers were hesitant to offer a first round pick and Terrence Mann in a Fred VanVleet package, the Raptors can do better than that either in by keeping Fred VanVleet who's very good and has been a part of the team for a long time is you know got the institutional knowledge all of that or they could flip him as a sign and trade guy in the offseason as well and get an asset like they did a couple of years ago getting Precious Achiuwa who is a core member of this team now back for Kyle Lowry they have a track record of doing this um you know it, it is uh it, again there's a lot of risk to it in sort of saying hey you're not going to give us the deal we want then we're walking away from the table you might there's might be an opportunity cost there but. but But I think with Fred and and specifically OG, if the offers weren't there, they're not under any pressure to trade Ananobi. He's still got 18 months left on his contract. They're going to have his bird rights in 18 months' time. They can trade him at the draft. They can trade him in the summer. All sorts of different things you can do with OG. So I didn't think they were going to deal him if they weren't going to get their socks blown off by an offer, I thought that they would is the thing. And I do wonder if the Kevin Durant trade to Phoenix, maybe had teams like the Pelicans and the Grizzlies and the Blazers teams that I really thought might go make a big move for OG I wonder if the KD thing kind of made them say, hmm, maybe this isn't the time for us to make that all-in move, and that affected the market, and therefore the Raptors sitting here with OG Ananobi, you know, the reports were out there even that the the Warriors were hesitant to offer Jonathan Kaminga in first-round picks for OG, and if that's the case, the Raptors are far better off keeping the 25-year-old wing defender who is one of the best defenders alive.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there definitely was a trickle-down effect with that KD move, um, you know, and it happened last night, meaning it kind of cleared the way for for decisions to be made today. Now, looking at where the Raptors are at right now, 26-30 and 30 on the season, they've made maybe an incremental improvement with Pirtle, but o- overall, just a disappointing season. Mm-hmm. He's not going to put them necessarily into contention. Where do you go from here? I know you mentioned a lot of possibilities in the offseason, but what do you think the biggest pieces are that are missing that the Raptors could look to add down the road?
1: Honestly, I don't know how much is missing. You know, you could probably swap in a guy or two for shooting, rebalancing the roster, or whatever, but I do think patience is maybe sometimes an underrated thing in team building. And the Raptors have a 21-year-old guy who was drafted fourth overall in the draft last year, who won Rookie of the Year, who, by the way, has looked awesome for the last 30 games or so after a bit of a rough start, and that's Scotty Barnes. And I think what the Raptors have done here is a bet on Scotty Barnes eventually improving enough that the internal growth is what takes this team from being in sort of the middle where they are right now to being a perennial sort of, you know, in contention type of team. I also think the Raptors just spent the last decade from 2013 to 2019 not necessarily being a no-brainer contender, right? They built a really good team with DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry. They had some great seasons. They got smacked by LeBron a whole bunch, uh, you know, but those were really good teams that they eventually – were able to be in the position to take advantage when something weird happened around the NBA they went them got themselves Kawhi Leonard in a you know happen happenstance circumstance and then they took advantage of a Kevin Durant injury in the finals to go and win the championship i think the raptors lot in life as a non free agent destination is a team that's going to try to stay good stay relevant and then hopefully get the chance to strike or get be the, the benefactor of NBA weirdness, which we've seen NBA weirdness haps, happens all the time. They got to try to win one championship every 10 years, it seems to me. This is not going to be a team that builds long-term dynastic reigns with free agents or anything like that. And I think it worked last decade. It's not to say that it's going to work this year, or this time around as well. But I do think the idea of internal growth – not blowing things up when things aren't looking awesome. You think back to the 2015 season. The Raptors get swept by the Wizards in the first round. They very easily could have not brought back DeMar DeRozan, who was a free agent. They very easily could have traded Kyle Lowry, who was awful in that series. Instead, they said, you know what? There's something here. We're going to see what builds out of this. And they ended up, obviously, winning a title a few years later, many, many events later. This time around, they have Scotty Barnes, which is not something they had last time, a a blue-chip young guy. I think they feel like they have enough talent around him to eventually provide a great supporting cast to someone who's an Ascendant star, and I think that's the plan here for the Raptors. It's not the traditional, season's not going well, blow it up and retool type of thing, but the Raptors are not a team that rebuilds. They're a team that tries to stay relevant and always be in the conversation, which I think they stand a very good chance of doing if they can keep their guys this offseason.
0: Yeah. And also this season, you know, the East just got a little bit easier. I don't want to say easier, but you did get rid of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. So that doesn't hurt.
1: For sure. And if, If you look at the Raptors upcoming schedule as well, it is the cream puffiest schedule you will ever see. They got the Pistons twice. They've got the Wizards coming up. They've got the Magic. They've got a lot of not very good teams on on, on tap here in the coming weeks. We could be talking about a team that in 10 games is 33 and 32 and is in the seventh seed. I would not be shocked by that at all, especially with the addition of Pirtle, you know, cleaning up what has been their biggest issue all season long.
0: All right. Well, plenty of NBA weirdness has gone on today. As you mentioned, Sean, thank you so much for being with us. And there will be plenty of weirdness to come surely down the stretch of the season. A lot of moves made today in the NBA trade deadline. We are excited to see how the rest of the season shakes out. For more on the NBA trade deadline, find your local Locked On show and subscribe to Locked On NBA for the very latest. And we'll have you covered all season long. Locked on your team every day.